Hot off their stop at Duncan Park in Hartford, we are joined by some folks involved with the Savannah Bananas, who put on one heck of a show at Duncan Park and throughout the nation and even some places overseas around the world. And we're joined today by the young professor, who you might have seen at Duncan Park out there at his shiny, glitzy, sequiny gold jacket on field doing some MC work out there. We're joined by the public address announcer and DJ Shark and also the dancing umpire. He was behind the plate at Duncan Park and throughout the Savannah Bananas Tour. Gentlemen, such a pleasure to have you here today. And let me start with the young professor. For the folks who don't know, who are the Savannah Bananas? We are the social media sensation, uh, kind of reigniting the love of baseball and, and fun in the sports world. Uh, blowing up on TikTok, Instagram, you name it. It is a worldwide fan phenomenon, as I like to say, out there on the field. Shark, for the uninitiated, would it be fair to say that it's baseball's version of the Harlem Globetrotters? Get the comparison a lot, and while, yes, that's the closest comparison there is out there for us, um, the biggest difference is the games are not scripted. The Generals will never beat the Harlem Globetrotters. The party animals, on the other hand, have uh, have beaten the Bananas quite a bit, although I will say over the last uh, three or four weeks we've kind of had their number again. But games are not scripted. The dances that we do are, but the you know those guys out in the in the diamond, they're trying to win and, and do, their, do their best to to put a hurting on the bananas, to bruise the bananas, if you will, and uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing. The uh, the competitive nature the guys have uh, is second to none. So now that being said, when you played in Hartford against the party animals, animals had a lead throughout the entire game. Yeah, and the way that the bananas came back late in the game, that almost looked scripted. It almost looked like the fix was in. But you're <laughs> telling me that was not it. There was legitimate. By yeah. your rules, baseball going on. Yeah, so that's the beauty of banana ball. Um, you know, you could score, the party animals could score six runs in the top of the first. If the bananas score seven in the bottom, they get the point, they win the inning. So you see a lot of explosive plays, you see a lot of great celebrations. But yeah, at the end of the day, these guys, and I, I tell you, when these guys are trying to beat the bananas every single night, and the bananas are trying to beat the party animals. So the competitive spirit, and these guys are great, they're, they're great showmen, but they're even better athletes. They put, they really can play. Um, you know their positions and they hit the ball really well and just it's a lot of great uh, athleticism out there on the field as well as, as well as the show part of it and great i have dancers. seen i've seen a lot of baseball in my time but i've never seen a dancing ump uh where exactly did the dancing ump concept come from mr dancing ump yeah so i've uh, danced pretty much my whole life and i've umpired for 25 years um combined the two probably about 15 years ago through little league baseball trying to make the game fun Getting some break of the monotony from the game where not everybody's yelling at the kids, the coaches, fans, other teammates. They're actually have fun. Play the game that it's supposed to be played and it's supposed to be fun. So I go out there and dance to, to make them really relax and enjoy it. And uh, the Savannah Banana seen a video that went viral in uh, 2015 and reached out to me. They wanted an umpire that did more than just call balls and strikes. So um, I, I can entertain and also call a good game at the same time. So much of what the bananas and, for that matter, the party animals do is scripted. But aside from calling balls and strikes, a lot of your stuff is scripted, too. But the balls and strikes, you're calling a ball or a strike. It's just like a regular game, aren't you? Yes, sir. I call what I see. Um, Absolutely. I try to call the best game I can while entertaining. Uh, My dance during the game is scripted. However, the, the dancing in the game, I just do whatever I feel. 
Talk about the one play in Hartford where there was a pop-up behind the plate. You took off your umpire's mask, and you sprinted back toward the backstop. You didn't quite make it. But have you had times at other venues that you have done that and actually caught the ball in your face mask? Yes, I have. I've caught it uh, Caught it once. I was one for one until last night, so I should have just stuck my butt behind home plate and called the game. But I got really close. If I had about four or five more inches on my height, I probably would have caught it. Yeah, the ball is maybe yeah. three feet away toward the backstop from when you tried, but it was a good, good effort. Young professor, can you give it a little ideas about how the bananas first started? Who had the initial concept? Who thought this comedy baseball, scripted baseball concept would work? Well, it actually goes back to our owner, Jesse Cole, and it predates him owning the bananas. Um, he was the general manager for a team right after he got done with college, after injury sidelined his uh, pitching career. And he was sitting in the dugout one day watching the game, and there were very, very few fans in the stands there in Gastonia, North Carolina. And as someone that was a lifelong lover of the game, he sat there and realized, this is boring. And nobody wants to come because this is boring. And that was kind of where the, his first idea for what it could be kind of came from. And so he crafted this idea to have players do a dance during the game. And so his team, the Gastonia Grizzlies, he started kind of working on the players to try and get them to start dancing in the game. And not everybody bit right away, as you might imagine, but a few of them did. And it started to kind of garner some attention. And he turned that franchise, that you know collegiate summer league team, into something very, very successful in Gastonia, North Carolina. And then years later... He and his wife, Emily Cole, had an opportunity to uh, come in and take over the historic Grayson Stadium in Savannah, Georgia, and they created what is now the Savannah Bananas with one goal and one goal only, and that is to put fans first and entertain always. And so the entire structure of what they built has been to maximize entertainment and make it as fun. And we used to be just a regular baseball team with fun all around it, but as they studied fans and found ways to uh, make the experience better, they created this new game that we call Banana Ball that has a baseball core, but everything that is boring or slow about baseball, the things that people might say, the things that suck about baseball, we have stripped them out. And we have put in other things that are more fun in their place. So we have kept the core of what makes people love baseball, and we've added tons of fun things around it. Shark, who are the guys actually on the field? And I'm talking both teams here because you travel with a club called the Party Animals, mm -hmm. a.k.a. the Washington Generals, if you're into the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> concept. But these guys have game. But what would make them want to play for the Savannah Bananas? So that's a great question. And we actually talked to uh, one of our pitchers, uh, Zach Phillips. He's a new banana. He's been there with us about a month and a half. And uh, a lot of these guys are super talented, guys that have played, you know, in the uh, – you know, up as far as AAA, I think Jake Skull, party animal, he was in the uh, Texas Rangers organization. He was a first-round pick. And, uh, you know, he, he did his time in the minor leagues. And what we're finding out is these guys are able to open up and be themselves and do the show part of what we're doing but still have a chance to be competitive. And so, um, you know, D.R. Meadows, our center fielder, bananas, I say our banana center fielder, um, you know, was the number two play on ESPN Sports Center last night. He did a backflip catch in the game. It's becoming kind of routine. It's very strange to say that, but um, yeah, I mean, these guys, these guys love the game. But more than that, they love entertaining people and the smiles that they're bringing um, on a nightly basis. And and I think I need to make it clear for a lot of people. Not only do we spend a lot of day the, at the ballpark rehearsing and then they do normal batting practice and fielding practice. 
After that, and after all the game is over, after the two-hour game is over, we're out in the plaza signing autographs, every single player to a man out there for the entire time, signing every single possible autograph. It's literally for the fans. It's fans first. That's the organization's name. That's what that's what Jesse built the company on. And to see these guys follow through with it and, and really enjoy what they're doing is something very special. Shark, you talked about rehearsing. Well, mm-hmm. the teams practice, baseball teams practice, yeah. your teams practice on the field. But yeah. tell me more about this rehearsal thing. We see things on the field during the games. We yeah. saw things at Duncan Park during the games. But what's a rehearsal like? Uh, so rehearsals, quite simply, uh, we do a lot of rehearsed dances and stuff during the game. So walk-up songs. Uh, not only do we have regular walk-up songs, you know, the guys that, you know, come up to the plate, we've, we've decided that, you know, they, they want this song or that song. But we do, uh, recently it's been a lot of Disney stuff. Uh, but when I say rehearse, I mean, we're, we're out there for about 35 minutes for one guy's uh, walk-up song, which, but really involves the entire team. So we did uh, Can't Wait to Be King. From I don't remember what, what Disney saw, what Disney movie that's from. Sounds like Lion the King. The Lion King. And Lion we did King, the genie yeah. one, too, the with Bill LeRoy Aladdin, the other night. Yep. Yeah. Um, but these guys, I mean, you'd think a lot of athletes wouldn't want to be a part of that. This is the exact opposite. So uh, we spend about maybe 40 minutes just over and over and over making sure everybody's in their spots. Uh, the, the guy that's getting ready to come to the plate, and it's his walk-up song. Um, it's amazing watching them transform into actors and i don't think that's a stretch to call them actors because they're doing no. it um and then getting up to the plate and hitting a 90 mile an hour fastball they're all in you got to be all in doing what we're doing and every single guy to a man on both teams are all in it's, well it's we're crazy. blocking camera angles too because with the social media presence that we've crafted i mean we need good footage we need to know what angles to catch things from so even then our social media team our camera people those rehearsals it's also help them block places, where they're going to be how to move what you know how we need to kind of prep the field so that the shots look as good as they do and that's a reason why our content looks so great on TikTok and Instagram is because we make sure that we have all the right people in all the right places so that we can capture that live. We've and had- anybody who wants to see what the Savannah Bananas are all about, there's plenty of videos on YouTube to see some of the unusual things they do, including the young professor here. Where did you get that coat? So I, uh, I used to, <laughs> uh, I, as part of my persona, uh, I started as a combat sports announcer in pro wrestling and MMA. And if you watch guys like Bruce Buffer in the U.S., UFC, he's pretty blinged out. He's got some really amazing, incredible tuxedos and suits. And so as my career progressed, as I kind of got good at the craft of announcing, I realized that I needed to start dressing up the part a little bit more. So I started buying wackier and crazier suits. And uh, this is the one, the gold one is the one Jesse Cole likes. But I've started peppering in a few more wacky, wild suits out there that the fans seem to enjoy. I like the silver one. Silver's good. (laughs) Yeah. We saw the gold one at Duncan Park. Dancing up, have you ever tossed a player out of the game or maybe a manager? Uh, they toss themselves, but yes, I have. <laughs> How does that work? Um, actions speak louder than words, so obviously i, I got to call a good game, and um, sometimes they don't like what I call, and things get said, heated, and uh, yeah, you got to go. So, last year you tossed somebody for, for bunting at yeah, Banana I tossed, Fest. Yeah, I tossed a player last year for, for bunting, yeah, because bunting's um, – Bunning sucks, so he got ejected. No, wait, but bunting sucks, but is it illegal? It is, is illegal. It, is it, in banana ball, well, yes, the Rule number four, well, no bunting. If but, you if you attempt a bunt, you are thrown out of the game. Well, then why did the guy do it? Because he Great was... question. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a game between our, yeah, our collegiate summer league team that were baseball team, 
and our bananas that are the ones in this Premier League, as we used to call it. Yeah. We put them against each other last year as our show season was ending and as the college season, the last college season was starting. Yeah. It was the first game for a lot of those college guys, so he's still thinking Labor baseball. Game. And so he goes for the bunt, not realizing, oh, wait, I forgot. This is one of the rules. And so... Vince had no choice but to toss him out of the game. And the pop from the crowd when I announced that he was just tossed from the game for bunting was amazing. Yeah, eruption. One of the funniest things ever, yeah. Well, dancing up, I'm going to throw a name out that's uh, from another generation older than yours, but I wonder if you have heard of or take a page from the book of Ron Luciano, because I think of him about as close to what I saw of you Ron didn't dance, but Ron was pretty over the top as far as some of the stuff he would do. One guy swings a bat, and the bat goes out of his hands down the first baseline, and the plate umpire waves the bat foul, <laughs> not the really ball. He, he had a lot. Of, I, I've interviewed him. He was really good. He's no longer alive, but uh, he, he's a legendary, uh, one-of-a-kind kind of comedic ump. Yes, sir. But he was also a good ump. Yes, sir. Are you a good ump? I try to be. Yes, sir. I, I do the best I can. I take pride in what I do. I definitely miss calls. We're human. But um, I know that la- the last two games, I've missed 10 pitches in two games, which is in the MLB standards, that's really good. Who that's tracks good. that? We have TrackMan at the games, so they track the they track the pitches. And you also had a video replay last night at second base. Yes, sir. And the, ta- the call is like, oh, it actually got overturned as it well. Now, yep. So, but you and the base umpire went and checked out the video on a laptop on the field. So, in other words, you have the power to overturn a missed call. Absolutely. We have uh, fan challenges. We have one fan challenge, so the fan can challenge any play on the field. And also, each team has one challenge. If you uh, get that challenge right, you keep your challenge. So, you know, people say that scripted. Obviously, I called. I overturned the second base umpire's call that called him safe, and I called him out. So, um and that that was the the winning run at second base. So um, it was yeah. a big big call in the game, but uh, we got it right. You know, and that's our that's our job is to get the calls right. So did you play the game, or have always been an umpire? What's your background? Yes, yeah, sir. I played growing up through high school, and then when I realized I wasn't good enough to go anywhere else, I was, uh, just continued umpiring. I was umpiring since I was fifteen. Yeah. So sophomore in high school, just for extra money, um, and it was fun. I've always enjoyed it. Hey, tell me the story. I believe it was the party animals outfielder. There was a high pop to medium deep center field. And at the last minute, he turns his back to home plate and tries to one hand it back by his lower back. Mm-hmm. Didn't succeed that time. It's not an easy play, but I'm assuming he can do that. He can catch that ball. Other games, he has caught that ball. Routinely practiced in batting practice, and, and that's why it, it does translate on the field. And more oftentimes than not, they do make those plays. It's really, again, I can't say it enough how amazing it is to watch these guys' ability on the field. They're encouraged to do that because that's banana ball. I mean, people right. are coming for the the theatrics and the entertainment because we like to think, what if it works, right? Like, if he makes that catch, that's that's maybe three plays on Sports Center last night as opposed yeah. to two. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so our guys are empowered to go for it and try it. And that's why, you know, D.R. Meadows, who hit that backflip catch last night, he's made a lot of them. He's dropped a couple of he's them this year, too. too. You don't hear about the ones that he drops. You see the number two play on Sports Center last night yep. when he does it. And that's what thrills our fans and that's the show we're trying to put on so our players are empowered to go for it. and if there's a consequence well you better make up for it later fellas do you fail 100 percent of the times of the things you don't try for right so do you have an unstated goal to try to get on espn's top 10 every night 
No, but uh, it, it is a nice little bonus when it happens along the way. Absolutely. The number two play last night was Ryan Cox, a shortstop for the Savannah Bananas, and he actually has over 100 trick plays this year, which is incredible. That means a ball thrown between his legs, bounced between his legs, behind his back. Um, the guy is really, really good uh, um, at, at his craft. Who was the player, is either shortstop or second base, who got a ground ball, he's sort of moving toward first base anyway, and you're expecting the ball to be thrown on a line drive to the first baseman. Believer. No, he one-hopped it. And I don't mean short hop. I yeah. mean halfway there, it bounced. That was part of the plan, wasn't yeah, it? That's Dustin, Dustin Baber from the yeah. Party Animals. He is, uh, he's, he's amazing, too, to watch. He's, he's very underrated defensively. He really is. They make now, some cool plays. Now, in a play like that, the first baseman has seen this before. He's yeah. anticipating this high bounce that's going to come from across the diamond. Yeah. It's fun, man. That's the thing. You never know what... A guy is going to try. Um, we have them where they flip them, you know, they flip behind their back to the first baseman. Where and you know, as a first baseman, you're you're trying to look at one spot for it, but they they know now to look from the for the ball from anywhere, from any angle, from any location, from you know, jumping in the air doing it. It just does, doesn't matter. I've seen the pitcher get the ball and then turn around and like football hike it to hike the first baseman, <laughs> and it's yeah, you never know what you're going to see. Would it be safe to say that the most popular? and most recognized member of the Savannah Bananas is the guy on stilts, those big, high stilts. He can play on those stilts. That's amazing. I, I, I would think so. I mean, Jackson Olsen, amongst like the people yeah. that really follow us, is our most recognizable face. From um, Connecticut. But I think from most people that know anything about the, the Bananas, I mean, at least for me even, when I first found out about the Bananas, that I saw stilts playing, and that's when I went, what is that? Yeah. That's when I knew that it was not just a regular baseball team. And so he attracts a lot of attention. And whenever, every night he'll either pitch or he'll get in at bat. And every time he is introduced, now making his way onto the field, the world's tallest and either pitcher or hitter, the place erupts. erupts. Yeah. Uh, however many thousands of people are there, I mean, just get on their feet, the phones come out, the flashes start happening because this is what people came to see. Dancing Ump, can you uh, do a little radio play-by-play for the uh, listening audience today about what happens when he is on the stilts and he's at the plate and he swings and he hits the ball, and then what happens? The crowd erupts. It goes really, really loud. Um, he's not very fast. He's more like a T-Rex um, <laughs> running. Um, he's never going to get a double. Um, Ever. He may, if he hits over the fence, that's probably as far as he'll go is to second before the, you know, we ran out of time. (laughs) um, But he's actually, he's he's 22 years old. Uh, Dakota Albright is his name. Um, He's one of the nicest people you ever meet. He's so humble. He don't even realize how big he is. He just thinks he's the kid from where he's from, just a, a country boy. A little town in Georgia. A uh, little town in Georgia, and that's how he acts. I mean, he he's not, you know, with that much um, clout, you could be a very arrogant person, and he's not. And that's what how everybody is on the team. There's, there's no egos on the team. Nobody feels like they're better than anybody else, and that's what I love about this organization. What I do is is never been done before. I travel with the team. I know all these players, families, girlfriends, you name it. And then I have to go call them out. You know, you know, their, girl, you know their girlfriends and their wives. Well, oh, wow. That is, that is true. <laughs> it's not the 70s. It's a... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. But, that, you know, it, it, this what we're doing now is creating fun for everybody, but we're also doing things that have never been done before. Shark, so. what's your background in baseball? 
Uh, very first PA, big Phillies fan, obviously from the from the South Jersey area. But um, first PA gig was for the Stockton Ports in, uh, in the Milwaukee Brewers organization back in 1998. Loved the sport again, like Vince, like Vince said. I I played in high school. I played first base. I was okay. I hit one career home run off a hanging curveball. I'll never forget it. It was amazing. Um, but you I do a nice always, slow home run trot. I mean, as slow as I can go, yeah. I mean, I don't go very fast anyway. As fast as I try, I, I still slow. Uh, anyway, thanks for bringing that up. Um, but I've always been enamored by, uh, by, by you know, Harry Callis. I grew up watching him. But the play-by-play or the uh, PA guy in Philly, Dan Baker, been there for over 40 years. Um, I always was just enamored by the by the way, you know, to be able to announce the batter coming to plate and playing his walk-up music. Doing music and the PA is awesome. I'm glad I get to do both. But I just... There's nothing better than having a crowd of, you know, like Professor said, name it, 10,000, 12,000, whatever it is we're at, at Duncan the other night, 7,000 uh, people at the tip of your fingers with stuff that I say and play like it's the coolest, it's the best drug ever. I could never ask for a, a better high. It's, uh, it's amazing. And plus, selfishly, we have former major leaguers join us on the, on the team. We had Jake Peavy pitch for us. We've had Johnny Damon play for us. CeCe Sabathia threw out the first pitch the other night. Nick Swisher, Zito in Vegas was incredible. These are all guys I grew up watching in their primes. And to be able to rub elbows with them and meet them and get pictures with them and watch and them. And announce play, them. And announce them. I get mm-hmm. to announce major league players. Wow. I would never, I mean, I always thought it was my dream to be a big league PA guy. I've got a way better gig than any major league PA guy I know. Well, when you talk about major leaguers yep. who have played for the Savannah Bananas, yep. Does Bill Lee retire the trophy? That just seems to be so Bill Lee. Oh, my gosh, man. Um, There's guy, a reason he was put on the team early and, and brought in, because when you think of banana ball and you think of wild, over-the-top personalities, unpredictable, fun, sometimes in uh, ways that we might not normally have fun, yeah. Bill Lee is that guy. I mean, they don't call him the spaceman for no reason. He is, uh, he's got no filter, which is, I think, why a lot of people <laughs> like him. He, he doesn't pull punches. He is... He is legit just out there doing what he loves, and at 76 years old. Um, years young. Young. Years young. Sorry, there years you young. Go. Sorry, my bad. Um, <laughs> you can tell how much he still loves the game, and, and he loves what we're doing as a whole as well. Is so, part of his shtick in the games the legendary Ephus Oh, yeah. The Leafus. So yes. when he comes out to warm up, he'll come out to warm up. He does his high leg kick. The bananas mimic what he's doing. It's the coolest thing. And, yeah, so he is a... Uh, he is embraced big time here in Banana Land. People just love him. I tell you what, the dancing umpire gets an earful because uh, when he comes out to to pitch, everyone wants every pitch to be a strike. strike. For, and so anytime Vince calls it a ball, <laughs> that's one of the few times Vince catches no boo. <laughs> no matter how far outside the pitch might be, everybody wants a spaceman strike. Absolutely. Now let's go from South Jersey to North Jersey. Young professor. What's your back, background with baseball? Oh, zero. I was a huge nerd uh, with a <laughs> with a big mouth my entire life, and so um, the skills that I developed just uh, just having a big mouth and and you know for a long time just throughout life people have always said you sound like you should be on the radio or do you call sports? And at some point I just said, all right, well, how does one go about that? And I literally pivoted to doing that in my 30s. I started as a pro wrestling ring announcer five and a half years ago. Um, that's that's what they say. So um, 
and from there it just led one you know you guys know how it goes the more you work the more you work the more people hear you the more they want to plug you into other places so and the I, better you get correct exactly with more repetitions and more practice you know the more polished you become so it started with pro wrestling and then arena football and then lots of other events all over the place to minor league baseball in daytona beach with the daytona tortugas uh, i did nascar last year did the coke zero sugar 400 they brought me on stage to introduce all the nascar drivers for that in daytona and then here with the savannah bananas so uh, i've been a baseball lover for most of my life i'm a big new york mets fan even still as hard as that is uh, always uh, my entire <laughs> life um but uh it's just it's amazing it's incredible to get to do what i love not even not being an athlete myself in that area my love for the game is is there in leaps and bounds and um i just get a chance to make magic with all these people every night it He's could be worse it could be worse you could be a yankee fan that's oh, true there's yeah. nothing worse than that He's still on cloud nine for meeting mr and mrs met the other day yeah City big, Field. big bucket list moment mr wow. and mrs met yeah, got a got photo Matt, Matt's Phillies and, Rangers and the philly Rangers. fanatic we got we got to meet him the other day too on sunday oh, it was amazing fanatic. beautiful and, day and, and dan, dancing up tell us what you're wearing on your feet today got some uh, savannah banana crocs shout out to zappos <laughs> Powered by Zappos. You wouldn't wear those during the game, would you? Would if they let him, he would. If they let him, he totally would. If they were still to, I would. Are you actually wearing, you know, umpire cleats, spikes and yeah. stuff behind the plate well, there? Well, yeah, umpire uh, shoes. One's painted pink and one's painted yellow, but yes, I'm wearing Banana and shoes. party animal cleats. He's all, he's all designed up. Give me a little big picture here on the bananas. About this year, your tour, how many dates, what's some of the unique places you've been have been and then will you maybe take this overseas somewhere down the road yeah so we've um this year we're doing 33 cities 21 states um we're a game 74 tomorrow night wow um out of 87 so it's been a great ride this year um as far as next year i can't speak too much i don't want to speak out of line but i do know that we're going bigger places um and we're looking at going overseas next year um, I think we're going to do less games, maybe 75 games next year versus 87, just to break up the travel so much because it does a lot of wear and tear on these guys. You know, they don't get days off. Or we don't get days off. If it's a day off, we it's normally traveling. So um, Yeah, we started mid-February, yeah. and we're going through mid-September. I mean, it's a really long season. Shout out to our wives for letting us yes. do what we're doing. Yes. I love you, baby. If you listen to this, I love you, Catherine Chapman. <laughs> You're the only Very one I could ever put up with me. Well, wait a minute. Young professor, you're a teacher, and you just said mid-September. I'm guessing school starts before mid-September. No, school started last week, and I'm, I'm sitting here with you, Wayne. So. How does that work? Well, it's um, this Good is, question. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest, and, and it's not something that's a secret even amongst where I, where I teach. My, my future is in entertainment. That's the way I look at it. And when you get an opportunity like this to be on the forefront of something that is shifting not just the baseball landscape, but the sports landscape and the cultural landscape, that's an opportunity you don't, you don't miss. And so you take the rest of your life and you figure out how to do it. And so what I try to do is wherever I am, I'm that guy, and I'm that guy 110%. So when I get back to school after missing a week and a half next week, I got a lot of ground to make up, but I will get there because that's what I've got to do. Dancing up, tell the listeners about the rock, paper, scissors bit. That was pretty interesting. Uh, I had no idea that was going on. You uh, did, Wait a minute. It's all rehearsed. How did you not know? Uh, that, that was not rehearsed. Yeah, that was they knew it. We like sometimes there's things that we don't all know about. Yeah. The there's things there's yeah. things that happen even as the PA guy and controlling all the mics and music that I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll push, you know, unmute the mic and see what happens. And I'm like, oh gosh, what is this? And then, yeah, that was amazing watching yeah. the pitcher 
Yeah, I will say, I mean, you know, you got him down 2-2 count. You can't hit him with a baseball. You can't give him first. You know, you, you just put your heart on the line there with the rock, paper, scissors, and then you peg the guy. And it wasn't even a fastball. It was like a slider, like a 82-mile slider. So. so the deal was whoever – Christian Dearman was the pitcher and, and the batter was uh, – Clay Camp. Clay, Clay Camp, Camp was up. Yeah. They were playing rock, paper, scissor. Whoever won the rock, paper, scissor battle, if the pitcher won, he was going to make him switch – make the batter switch batter's box to his off – you know, off uh, hand. A righty bats lefty. Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, if Deerman won, or if uh, the batter won, they were going to tell him what pitch was coming. Um, and yeah, Clay Camp ended up getting hit by the pitch, which was not ideal. But well, and man, then what? Deerman goes, uh, "Oh yeah, that was on purpose," is what he said on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> you just never know what you're going to see at a game, and that's what's so great of our, at our show. You just never know what you're going to come to the park and be like, "Why is this happening here? What is going on?" Dancing up, how fast are these pitchers throwing? Oh. Um, are we talking High 80s, low 90s? There's a guy on the team that plays those 96. And how much of a break does their slider and their curve have? I mean, are these of, are these difficult pitches to hit? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because on one hand, you want the guys to hit. You yeah. want stuff going on on the base. You don't yeah. want a bunch of strikeouts. Yeah. You don't want a lot of strikeouts. You don't want a lot of, want a lot of walks. You want, how how you does Stiltz's pitches look? Stiltz's has a nasty breaking ball. Look at the angle. He's coming got, out he has a nasty break. And, and, coming and downhill a little bit. The catcher don't know when it's coming. He's not calling pitches. So when he throws it, the catcher's off. You know, killed her a little bit too, but Stills is very, very talented. And um, and also Vince is so tiny. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. When Stills hits, we have to put him up on. We have to put Vince, our umpire, up on a. We had to give him a little boost, a little case. So he's standing <laughs> on like a a two foot box. Sorry, Vince. That's the okay. opponent last night was the party animals. Is there a point where a player on the party animals might get promoted to become a member of the Savannah Bananas? No, no, sir. No, nope. no. I think animals. in the past it was there was a little more leeway, but now we are structured in terms of the two teams. They yep. are if you're a party animal, you're a party animal. If you're a banana, you're a banana, and that's uh, that's how these guys are. And they, I don't think they feel like it's a demotion or a promotion to be anywhere. These guys have fully embraced the culture of the team. The teams have oh. different feels and a different vibe about them. The party animals, we like to refer to them as the bad boys of banana ball. They've got a little more bad boy energy, the ones uh, you don't want your daughters to date, where the bananas have a little more feel-good energy. That's the one all the grandmas like kind of gravitate towards. So it's um, it's different, different flavors. Are there some for. players whose mentality would not allow them to play the kind of baseball that the Savannah Bananas and the Party Animals play? In other words, maybe they take the game really seriously. Not that you're not, because you're doing it a different way, but I'm just wondering, are there certain players who fit this mold and certain players who couldn't cut the mustard? 100%. Another I mean, yellow. We're not, one, by the way. we're not for everyone, and we, we don't want to be for everyone. Correct. You know, we This is not us trying to replace baseball as it stands or or to you know this is an alternative for people that want to be a little looser and want to have more fun please but if you still love baseball well, we still love baseball so we encourage people to still love whatever it is that they love you know it's not good enough to just be a really good player and a very serious player yeah. you've got to be a good serious player but you've got to want to have fun and you've got to want to put on a show for our fans using our trip to the the two games we did on sunday at the phillies and the mets when you're sitting there watching a major league game, you get 10 seconds of a walk-up, you get the announced batter, and then you get nothing for the rest of the inning. That's all you get. And it was, I found myself going like, all right, where's the dancing umpire? Where's the guy dancing at first base? Where's the music? Where's the clips? Anything to keep people from falling asleep. It was really tough, but we're so we're so trained in what we're doing now where I'm playing a sound effect, a song, I'm saying some stupid stuff in between every single pitch. 
where I, I really don't know how fans of the game as, it, as it's constructed on the major league level can can stand being in a game. I'm so it was boring. And I'm a biggest like I used to be a traditionalist, and now I'm now I'm a banana ball guy. Like this is what it should all be, and I'm glad it's not because we're filling that. Moment. Well, people's attention spans have never been shorter. You know, as a teacher, I can attest to that. I mean, in my classroom, I mean, I'm I'm dressed brightly now. I know we're on a radio show; people can't see it, but I dress colorful. I've got a lot of energy, and I'm in front of my class, and I'm the same guy that I am in front of seven thousand people at Duncan Park with thirty kids in a classroom, and they couldn't care less because I can't compete with. 15 second jump cut videos on TikTok. And so, how do you <laughs> keep that. people's attention to things? And baseball is a game of chess, essentially. It's athletic chess. It's it's methodical. And if you're into that, it's great. And so, if you're a big sports fan and you like baseball, you love it. But if you're a kid these days, are you going to gravitate towards the game of baseball? I don't think so. And so, banana ball is the answer to that because you're not on your phones. You are locked into every pitch, to every play because you know if you look away for a second, you are going to miss something. Forget the pitch clock when you got the bananas. Well, and of course you got the <laughs> dancing umpire here, who's got the Savannah bananas clogs on. You got the PA and DJ Shark. He's got his bananas jersey on here today, young professor. I swear your your shirt is colorful, but it looks like limes. It's it's a fruit. That's all I can do. It's different. <laughs> and uh, and if I got to be honest, Wayne, you know, we've been on the road for eight days. It's time for the professor to do some laundry. Laundry. <laughs> Not easy to do in hotels that we've been at. So, yeah. Tell me about the way the schedule has increased each year. Obviously, with popularity, do you think you'll play more games next year than you're playing this year? I think we're going to adjust to slightly less games, um, but probably still a, a generous volume of games. What did you say, about 70-something, Vince? And I think we'll, we'll impact more people, and that's kind of a, a hint on where we're heading uh, next year. I think we'll... We'll be in the bigger ballparks, and uh, you know the the goal is to impact as many people in a positive way. Get get smile. I I don't think it's been trademarked or anything. But smiles for miles, bringing smiles for miles. That's what we're trying to do everywhere we go. Just the amount of people's uh, the looks on their faces when they're they're out in the plaza party with all the players. It, it's and during the game, obviously, I can't see them. These guys can can see the fans up close and personal more than I can, but. Just hearing the crowd, their interaction with us, the the stuff that they're doing, the the call and response stuff that we do, they are fully invested in what we're doing. They're they're leaving. We we hope that the two hours that they're during the game and the hour before that for pre stuff and watching what we're doing, that any problems they may have going on in their lives are out the window for that 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 window that did air with us. Now wait a minute. You announced before the game that the game is going to be two hours long. In yep. fact, on TV last night they had a clock showing how long it is until nine o'clock or whatever time the game yeah. is over. It's the eighth inning, and the bananas are behind. Yep. And you came out and you said we're going to play a ninth inning. And I was noticing the game after nine it was like nine fifteen. Wait a minute, where'd that two-hour time limit go? So, and then you went to this overtime thing, which is my next question. But correct. Talk about what happened to that two-hour time limit. So we, It's the bananas. Who we, cares? Whatever <laughs> inning we are in, we finish. So if we, uh, I came out actually in the eighth inning because we had about ten minutes left on the clock. And if that inning went long, if, that, if the clock expired within the eighth inning, then the eighth inning would have been the final inning. And so, and then the rules change because during the final inning, every run counts for a point, as opposed to the win the inning get a point rule that we have. Right. Um, but the bananas were able to walk off the eighth inning with about two minutes to spare, which means we were going to start, start the ninth inning. Nine, yeah. And if the clock expires, we still finish that inning because the inning has to be completed. And so that's how we get beyond the two-hour time limit. 
Uh, so it's not a hard stop at two hours. Despite the clock in the bottom of the Correct. screen. Correct. <laughs> but that, that gives us an indicator of where we need to be and, and how fast, you know, because we, we we still want to get nine innings in. I mean, because that's what people want to see. I mean, this year there was a game we did. Was that in Texas? Where we, no, not the short one, where we ran an entire nine-inning game and we had a full, real we wedding. wedding on the field in seven minutes and we did not stop the clock for this and we finished i think with like four minutes to spare on oh, yeah. the clock so that's you know kind of tells you the speed at which we're operating and we also run promotions in between every single inning so you've got 17 or 18 promotions in the game between the innings as well well the funniest thing happened we announced the uh, i think it was uh, a week ago i don't remember where but i announced that there was 10 minutes remaining because i had missed the 30 minute part I announced there was 10 minutes remaining, and the audible gasp from the crowd being upset that there's only 10 minutes left was a really cool moment because they don't want to. They, they want it to keep going. It's such a, a magical time. They didn't want it to end. The seats are full in the ninth inning. It's not like seventh inning stretch and everybody's out to beat the traffic. Not like Dodger Stadium. No, correct. <laughs> it's, Even the fourth inning. <laughs> yeah. And I know we said we don't have people on their phones in, on the game, but it's it's not buried in their you know in their lap. It's out videoing something they've never seen before and would never think to see at a normal baseball. Tell me more about that wedding. Was it during the game? Was it before? Oh, yeah. During, in the middle of the game. Middle, of the, had, fifth, middle of the fifth inning. Stop. Brought, I mean, I'm talking, we had the, we had the, uh, we had uh, Ninja, who's our, who's our, Amazing plaza DJ and just little, just amazing guy. He's a licensed minister. He's he a licensed minister, so he married the couple. Um, I played some. Uh, some we introduced the uh, the bridegroom, the 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 whole the bridal party. Bridal party. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. trying to go for. The bridal party. <laughs> Um, and yeah, Matt Wolf gave her away. Our, tr- our rodeo clown trick pitcher gave her away. I think whole wedding. St- uh, Split was in there. Stilts is standing in line in the procession for the wedding. We're throwing rice. We're throwing, you know, the whole deal. Seven yeah. minutes did not stop the clock, and as you said, finished the game was still five minutes to go. Well, Mookie Wilson, Mister Met there, yeah. uh, he got married at home plate, and he said because my wife wanted a big diamond. <laughs> so maybe that's what this was absolutely yeah. that's one way to do it on the cheap i think but all right let's wrap this up and explain how it got wrapped up at duncan park once they go extras once they they don't do extras but once they get to a tie game late how do you break the tie that was different so we go to what is known as a showdown tiebreaker uh and it was originally set for three rounds now there's an indefinite number of rounds because we no more ties in banana ball so if we go to a showdown uh after the completion of the ninth inning if we're tied or the end of the the end of the time limit expires and we're tied we uh it's one hitter versus one pitcher with one fielder the fielder has to be on the infield grass and the pitcher's job is to strike that batter out or get him to pop out something and the the batter has to score so if they make it around the bases they will score a point Uh, however a home run over the wall ends the game that's never happened in a showdown yet yet, but home run over the wall automatic game over but the first team to do it unanswered by the other team wins the game so last night we got through our first round showdowns with one fielder and neither team scored so we went to another round of showdowns which that's truly one-on-one and what I was significant hitter. with this was that you had what looked to me like your best pitcher on the mound at that oh, point yeah. in time yeah, and he's got the real chance to strike the guy out which he's really got to do and he did that was a key part of the game, I thought. Oh, well, that's huge because if the because then you know if the party animals score, then the impetus then is that the bananas have to answer back. 
And so, like, it, it creates it's it's huge pressure. Shark is playing EDM music that's like it's pumping, blaring, like clapping. You know, if you're on the sidelines, your heart is racing. I can't even begin to imagine what the pitcher, what the hitter feels. I mean, it's insane energy i mean palpable in ways that radio and tv really can't capture you got to be there live to see it but all right so what happened at the off. bottom of the 11th inning or whatever the- <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> second showdown yeah. second showdown um strikeout for the party animals jake skull struck out and eric jones from the savannah bananas comes on hits uh what would have been a ground ball but with no fielders out there it kind of hops all the way out deep into uh like left left center field and pitcher tracks it down EJ is rounding the bases. There's a throw, but it's just not on target enough. It's not in time. Yeah. Bananas hit, bananas score, bananas win the game. It was hilarious because the batter is rounding the bases and the pitcher has left the mound. Oh, yeah. he's, oh, he's run out past yeah. second shortstop. He's in the left field, tracking the ball down, and by that time, it's too late. It is so exciting. It really, really is. So it literally was a Because you can have a play at the plate. Yeah. We've had multiple uh, plays at the plate where, like, and yeah. it changes, and we keep going, or, or it's over. And uh, it's, it's as high-stakes sports as you would want. Like, you get that unbelievable mm. sports experience i'm getting excited with it yeah it. i know like it's <laughs> it's really and we do it every night and it just it doesn't lose its luster it's so fun guys it was a fun show to see at duncan park and it's fun every night when you play and something different every night too with the savannah bananas thank you for coming in today and sharing the story of an unusual baseball experience thanks for having us wayne appreciate you wayne thanks wayne